The word of our Lord from the epistle to the Colossians. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Therefore, whether there is, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another. Even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all of these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you also were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. <coughs> Father, we pray that you would bless the reading of your word. We pray that you would bless its reading to our hearts and to our lives. And Lord, we pray that you would bless us as we hear from you. Give us ears to hear. We pray in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> Almighty God, unto whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of thy Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love thee and worthily magnify thy holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. We call this the great collect. A collect is a prayer that, that a congregation prays together. And you actually pray some collects with us when we have communion. We did so last week and we prayed a modified version of this, in fact, this past week. But this, the great collect, is also called the collect for purity. It was a, a prayer that uh, was prayed daily in the Book of Common Prayer. And so the founder of Methodism, John Wesley, this was a prayer that he would have prayed daily. Almighty God, unto whom all hearts are open, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts so that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. 
Praying this prayer daily dramatically shaped Wesley's understanding of grace. The word grace is nowhere mentioned in this collect. But the whole thing is about the movement of God in our lives. The whole thing is about what God is at work doing in our lives. It is a prayer of surrender, a prayer requesting God to have his way with us. And it raises the question, what does it mean to perfectly love God? Last week as we prayed this colic together, as we prepared for communion, we prayed that we may fully love you. Essentially, to perfectly love God means to belong entirely to Him, to be fully His, to be His completely, to be His utterly, to be His without competition. It's much like what we say in the vows of marriage. We give ourselves completely to the other. Not part of us, not most of us even, but all of us, completely, entirely, utterly. Biblically, to belong entirely and exclusively to God is to be perfect. Not in the sense of being perfect in performance. Not in the sense of being unflawed. But in the sense of being everything you were supposed to be. Completely caught up in the love of God. Completely His. God wants us to be completely, utterly, entirely, only, wholly His. What does that mean? He wants us to be wholly His without reservation. Without reservation. What could keep us from Him? What would cause us to reserve ourselves from Him? He wants us to be wholly His without reservation. He wants us to be wholly His without rival. What else is there in our lives that rivals our devotion to Him? It's not so much that God wants to be the biggest priority in our lives. He wants every priority in our lives to stream out of who He is in our lives. It's not that if our lives were a wheel, it's not that God wants to be the biggest hub or the biggest spoke in the wheel. It's not that he wants to be the brightly colored one. You know, that might be a thing today. You got like the normal chrome spokes on a kid's bike and maybe you got one blue one. It's not that God wants to be the one blue one, the the bright one, the one that stands out, the, the most important one. He wants to be the will itself without rival. He doesn't just want to be first in our lives. He wants to be our lives. Paul, after all, said our lives are hidden with Christ in God. And so when Christ, who is our life, appears, we also will appear with Him in glory. He wants us to be wholly His, without reservation, without rival. And He wants us to be wholly His without relent. There is no stopping in the Christian life. 
Christian life is like an uphill journey. And the moment you try to stop and sit down is the moment that you've turned around and faced the other direction. There is no stopping. There is no relenting. There is no letting up. Now this might sound exhausting. Lord, do we never get a break? Well, no. In our relationship with Him, we don't ever get a break. Just like in a marriage, you never get a break. Look, I'd rather just not be married this weekend. So you do your thing and me do my thing. And hey, we'll kind of renew those vows on Monday morning. God wants us to be wholly His without relent, without letting up. It does sound exhausting. But the beautiful image of Scripture is that to be wholly God's means to find rest in Him. He is the source of our strength. He is the source of our energy. He is the source of who we are. He is the one who gives order to our whole being. It's not about doing more. It's not about persisting more. It is about faithfully trusting in Jesus. Resting in Him. Finding our hope and our peace in Him. You know, when we relent, when we cease to rest in Him... It's funny, we always find ourselves busier and more worried and more anxious and more busy, just, just burning the candle at both ends. Because we think it's all on us. We think it's all in our laps. We think we've got to do more. That things aren't going to happen unless we say something, unless we do something. And then we've put up ourselves as a rival to Him. But God wants us... To be wholly His, without reservation, without rival, without relent. And He wants us to be wholly His without revocation. There is no going back. There's no undoing. Without revocation. What do you mean, Pastor? Does that mean that my relationship with God down the road from now can be determined today? Well, what I would encourage you to do, and I'm not saying we can't fall away from Him, but what I am saying, and what I would encourage you to do, is that you can settle tomorrow now. You do that at the altar of marriage. To make us wholly His, He invites us into covenant. (coughs) The covenant we most are familiar with in our culture is that of marriage. To give yourselves unreservedly, unrivalingly, unrelentingly, and unrevokingly to another. You know, each day when I wake up, I don't have to renew my vows to Lindsay. I do perhaps need to renew my faithfulness to those vows, my commitment to remain faithful to those vows. I do have to remind myself sometime, you know what? You gave yourself to her completely. The poor thing, she stuck with you. There's no going back. There's no undoing this. Because 
We are in a covenantal relationship. The seal of covenant with God in the Old Testament was circumcision. In the New Testament, it's baptism. In chapter 2 of Paul's letter to the the Colossians, verse 12, he says that we were buried with Christ in baptism, in which we were also raised up with Him through faith in the working of God who raised Him from the dead. Why is it that Paul then in chapter 3 verse 1 says, if you are raised with Christ, he's talking about baptism. He's talking about being God's covenantal people. You have been raised with Christ. Therefore seek those things that are above. Therefore live differently. Live as his covenantal people. You know, entering, entering into a covenant with God is a dangerous thing. That's what they don't always tell you at the altar when you kneel in prayer and say, I want to give my life to Jesus. Rarely do you get warned in that sort of context. We're just excited to have another another tally mark. But entering into covenant with God is a dangerous thing. It means to pass through death into life. New life. We are no longer our own, but His. We belong to Him. You know, God gets such a bad rap by those of us who wish to ignore the Old Testament. After all, wasn't He just so mean to Israel? God seems so angry and so almost vengeful. If we're not careful, we'll suspect Him of being bloodthirsty. But Israel was God's covenantal people. They didn't have to be in covenant with Him. They chose it. They chose it at Mount Sinai. When they said, Yo, yes, we will be His people. We will obey His law. And the law of God was given at Sinai. But remember what happened before Sinai. The Exodus. God bestows His grace on Israel. Come on, I've heard your prayers. We're getting you out of here and we're getting you to a better place. God had delivered them. He had rescued them. He had brought them out of bondage. And they freely welcomed His covenant. You know, we always get angrier at the people we love more. You know, when family messes up, it's different than if the family up the street messes up. We're harder on each other. We expect more from each other. Entering into covenant with God is a dangerous thing because we are no longer our own but His. And that means to be exclusively His. To no longer belong to ourselves but to Him. 
And we have a family name to uphold. We have a family name to honor. We have a family name to champion, to live up to. He gives us His name. He calls us His very own. He says, come on in. You're part of my group. You're part of my family. You can sit at my table and enjoy my meal. And through baptism, you belong to your Lord and to His body, the church. And that means to be exclusively His. To no longer belong to ourselves, but to Him. You remember the old the old wedding liturgy. With this ring, I thee wed. With my body, I thee worship. And with all my worldly goods, I thee endow. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I am exclusively yours. Because I am wholly yours. Paul, in his first letter to the Corinthians, even said that, The husband's body does not belong to him. It belongs to his wife. And the wife's body does not belong to her. It belongs to her husband. Because they are in covenant together. Entering into covenant with God is a dangerous thing. Because it means to be consumed by the fire of God's holy love if we will but let him. Lord, would you make us wholly yours? Would you consume us by your love, your holy and burning love? How do we remain holy His? Paul gives us some advice in the contents of chapter 3. In fact, chapter 3 is kind of a turning point, a hinge point in the epistle to the Colossians where Paul is going to begin teasing out and walking through this life that is lived in Christ. Christ has done these things to redeem us, and so then how ought we to live? And he gives us a lot of advice. I encourage you to to wrestle with these 17 verses this day and this week. But let me highlight a few things that Paul says. He says, set your mind. Direct your thoughts. Think about holy things. Think about what God has done. Think about who He is. Not just the things of the earth. Not the things that consume your thoughts here. And notice, 
He's not talking about escapism here. He's not talking about not worrying about the world around you. He's not talking... Maybe we ought to turn off the news, but he's not just talking about turning off the news. He's not talking about ignoring your neighbor. He's not talking about ignoring the people that live in the home with you because, well, those are earthly things. The earthly things he's talking about are those things he's going to tell us to put to death. Rage, malice, spitefulness. Those things that are common to the earth. Those things that that consume the minds of the world. Those things that consume the hearts of our neighbors. Set your mind. Lindsay and I grew up at a church camp. We met at church camp. Uh, My mom and dad actually met at the same church camp. Not the same location, but the same organization, AIM. We got camp coming up in a few weeks, and we might need a spouse. Um, we, we, we always warn our kids the day that camp's starting. We always warn them. Now, you do know, Nemo and Papa met at this camp, and Mommy and Daddy met at this camp. Be careful who you talk to. Um, but we, we, there was a youth pastor, Dwayne Neighbors. Uh, he, was, he was pastor of Williamsville, or youth pastor of Williamsville Independent Methodist Church in Kosciuszko. David and I and Emory and Aiden were there just a few weeks ago. And um, at camp, when the preacher was preaching real good, you knew he was preaching real good because Dwayne neighbors would holler out, Think about it, young people! Think about it! It was always the weirdest thing. And we, of course, started thinking about the fact that he just said, Think about it, young people. Think about it. I don't know that we even caught what the pastor had said, but we caught what Dwayne neighbors said. Interestingly enough, we now have a neighbor named Dwayne. So we always, Lindsay and I always jokingly call him Dwayne the neighbor. But... Um, <laughs> Think about it. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Don't allow your mind, your thoughts to be consumed by those things that used to consume you, by those things that consume others. You see what it leads to. You see the anger and the hurt. You see the devastation that it causes, the anxiety. So think about those things that are holy. Think about those things that are good. And not only set your mind, but also put on His character. Dress the part, Paul is saying. You're claiming to be, to be Jesus's. You're claiming to belong to Him. You're part of His family. Let's see how His family acts. Let's see what it looks like. You are the elect of God, holy and beloved. Put on tender mercies. Put on kindness. Put on humility. Put on meekness. Put on long-suffering. Forgive one another. And not just forgive one another their sins against you, but also bear with one another because sometimes people are a bit unbearable and you're going to have to bear together. And above all things, put on Love. Because love, perfect love, is the crowning feature of the family of God. It is what gives order and life to every other thing. Dress the part. 
live like him. And Paul would tell us, kill in you anything that is unlike him. Because if you don't, it will kill you. Sin always leads to death. I cannot say it enough. And so destroy it because it will destroy you if you don't. Deny yourself. Die to self. And remind yourself. A few weeks ago when David and two boys and I were... David, they keep calling it uh, bro time. I meant to tag you on Facebook. I would have, of course, been tagging Christy, but to tell you... Boys keep saying, Emery especially keeps saying, when are we going to have bro time again with Mr. David? <laughs> I don't know where they got that. But uh, when we were there at driving through Georgia and Alabama and on into Mississippi to Kosciuszko, we were going to a funeral of a, my pastor growing up, Roman Miller. One of the things he used to say, one of the most... Simple and yet profound things he used to say, and he said it often, was sometimes I have to preach to myself. He would vary it a little bit. Sometimes he would say, sometimes I have to witness to myself. But what he was saying was there are times where we need to remind ourselves of what God has done in our lives. Not just because we get discouraged. Not just because we think, oh, where is he? What's going on? Why is life so tough? But sometimes because we need a reality check. God bold, wake up. You're God's man. Live like him. You, You claim to be his. Act like it. Live like it. Walk like it. Baptism has a nice way of doing that for us. Because as the Lindsay, I was going to say the band is Lindsay and Andrew. Is, is it a band? If it's, two, it's, it's still a band. Two people. I'm a fan of the band, by the way. Um, as they were singing, when we hear the sounds of water, you'll know you're not alone. When we hear those waters, when we see another be baptized, it's not, it's not a compulsion that, oh, I was baptized before, but I probably ought to be baptized again. It's, it's not a renewing in that way, but it is a renewing of this is what identifies me too. This is what shapes my life, being buried with Christ in, his, in baptism, being raised up to new life in Him. Just as when we attend a wedding and we hear the vows being renewed, they may not be the same exact vows we said at our wedding, but we walk back through that ceremony. We walk back through the memory of that liturgy and we're reminded. Remember, God saved you not just to get you to heaven. He saved you to make you Holy His. Completely. Utterly. Entirely. 
only his. So as the band comes to play and lead us in one final song, I want you to consider whether or not in reality, not just in potential, not just potentiality, but in reality, are you wholly His? Because if you're not, God can make you wholly His. If you will cling to the cross of Jesus, if you'll cry out, Lord, keep me near your cross. God can settle that work. And I invite you to come if you feel so led. Father,